0: From Carr, Riggs & Ingram, this is It Figures, the CRI podcast, an accounting, advisory, and industry-focused podcast for business and organization leaders, entrepreneurs, and anyone who is looking to go beyond the status quo.
1: Hello, and welcome to another episode of It Figures. In this podcast, we're going to cover the employee retention credit. Hi, my name is Chris Hoffman. I am the tax service line leader and a partner at CRI in the Nashville, Tennessee office. Today I have with me Anne Marie Sale, who's a partner in our Panama City office. Anne Marie, uh, can you introduce yourself to the audience?
2: Yeah, hi, Chris. Uh, I'm Anne Marie Sale. I have been with the firm for probably 18 years in public accounting for about 20, and I um, am all things tax. Uh, So, just enjoy helping clients with their tax matters.
1: Thanks, Anne-Marie. Also on today's podcast is Randy Matthews, who's joining us from PayWorks. Randy, can you introduce yourself to the audience?
0: Yes. uh, Good afternoon, Chris. Uh, My name is Randy Matthews. I'm a senior payroll tax manager with PayWorks. Uh, Before that, I've been involved uh, uh, at the CRI level, working with uh, various clients, uh, on payroll and been involved in and out of payroll for uh, 30
1: plus years thanks randy so today's topic the employee retention credit we've been hearing about this credit for probably a little over a year now started rolling out in 2020 and marie can you tell us a little bit more about this credit
2: sure So the employee retention credit is sometimes referred to as ERC or retention credit. And the idea is it's a payroll related tax credit that allows employers that have W-2 employees, uh, to get a benefit for continuing to employ people through COVID. So there have been retention credits in the past, some related to hurricane and other items, but because of COVID, uh, they created a credit for payroll taxes. So the idea is that you get money back on your payroll tax return for continuing to pay your people through COVID. These credits, uh, while they are eligible for both 2020 and 2021, you are looking up to where you could get up to $33,000 in refundable tax credits per employee, potentially, if you were qualifying for the max credit under these uh, circumstances. So I had a client recently get $120,000. You know, I got a thank you text message that said, thank you. Right. And so the federal government is pl- paying businesses to continue to employ people and they're paying them through their payroll tax credit.
1: Great. Thanks, Anne-Marie. Are all companies eligible for this? Um, ERC credit? Or are there certain ones um, that, that do and don't qualify?
2: So there's uh, some tests to determine, and those tests uh, depend upon, you know, how many people you employ. And uh, there's a, a test on if you have a either significant decline in gross receipts, so top-line revenue, if there's a decline in revenue because of COVID, or if you were fully or partially suspending operations due to a government order. So it's it's one of the two. You hear a lot of be- people talking about gross receipts or the test for gross receipts. It's important that um, people understand that it's an either-or. Uh, you might qualify because, because of COVID you were suspended you had to suspend operations and you continued to pay people through that, or you just were impacted by COVID and you had a decline in gross receipts. Uh, these tests, uh, when we would call about the test, if we're looking to the gross receipts test uh, for 2020, you need under hundred employees with a 50% decline in gross receipts or shutdown. And when I say a 50% decline in gross receipts, I'm looking at did 2020 gross receipts, top line revenue decline as compared to 2019. Another test is for 2021. So you can get this credit either for 2020 payroll tax credits or 2021 payroll tax credits. The 2021 test is under 500 employees. So they expanded the number of employees. And then instead of a 50% drop in gross receipts, it's only a 20% drop in gross receipts. So, comparing 2021 to 2019, if there's a 20% drop in gross receipts or there's a shutdown, then you qualify potentially for the, this earn, uh, employee retention credit.
1: Great. Thanks, Anne Marie. One point of clarification you mentioned in 2021 uh, when we're measuring gross receipts decline. We're, we're comparing 2021 gross receipts to 2019 mm-hmm. gross receipts, so we're, we're going back two years. Can you can you confirm that?
2: Yeah, so I mean, the idea is, what did it look like pre-COVID? You know, so pre-COVID 2019, the assumption is that your revenue was higher and that you were impacted by COVID. So you, you need to determine tax basis top-line revenue quarterly, and you compare that quarterly revenue from 2019 to either 2020 or 2021. So just for example, if I want to test to see if I meet it for this coming up quarter in June 2021, I would look to Q1 2021 as compared to Q1 2019. And if there's a drop of 20%, then I meet it for that quarter. Now, Chris, nothing's ever easy. And they, they, they make other rules for startup businesses. Um, and there's another uh, test to see if you meet it for the prior quarter, then that quarter qualifies you for the current quarter. So in that case, you could also test March to see if you meet it for June. Uh, But the idea is, were you impacted in these later years, 2020 and 2021, as compared to that pre-COVID period of 2019, quarterly?
1: Yeah, great. That that absolutely makes sense. Um, So when you're talking to clients, what are maybe two or three kind of key indicators or questions that you ask those clients or those companies um, to determine if they could qualify for the employee retention credit?
2: Well, the first easy indicator is, uh, you know, where you shut down, because a lot of people talk about these gross receipts tests. But if you were shut down to a government mandate, you know, close all gyms, right? That's a clue. The next clue would be just drops in revenue, where they were impacted, you know, the idea is they refer to it as a significant decline. Well, I would say 50% is very significant, 20% is significant. So if if just revenues are down as compared to where you were pre-COVID, those are great indicators. I think the biggest point that I want to make is this is tax, right? This is a tax rule. And so it's important that people understand we're looking for quarterly profits, and it's quarterly tax profits. This is not you know book basis financial. So there's a key point there to ensure people are thinking tax uh, and, and breaking down that quarterly revenue for tax.
1: Great, thanks. Now, you know, when I was talking to a lot of my clients during 2020, um, a lot of them were making the decision, you know, do we go after the, the paycheck protection program loan or the PPP loans? Or the employee retention credits, and, and, and many times companies uh, opted for the PPP loans um, in lieu of the employee retention credit. Yeah, I know in 2021, uh, it's the the retention credit has gained a lot of popularity. Can you explain to the audience why kind of ERC has gained that resurgence in 2021?
2: Sure, we uh, we kind of joke around here at CRI. Uh, You know, I was kind of tasked with summarizing retention credit early on and nobody liked me. They all picked, you know, PPP, Mr. Homecoming Queen with his PPP. But I was just nobody picked me. (laughs) So we did a lot of research and a lot of summary. But the, the big change is in March of 2020, when all this came out, it was either PPP or ERC, either or. In December when the Consolidated Appropriations Act came out. So in December of 2020, kind of all the way through 2020, they came out and said, you know what? We're going to change the rules retroactively. Now you can take PPP and ERC. You can do them both together. As long as you don't use the same set of wages, you can do them both together. And we're going to let it go on into 2021 and we're going to expand those tests so the tests i talked about before where i said 100 employees it became 500 employees and 50% drop in gross receipts became a 20% drop, drop in gross receipts another key element is 2020 was only 5 grand per employee per year 2021 is 7 grand per person per quarter so it just exploded uh, in December, and kind of, they changed the rules and expanded the credit and allowed it to go along with PPP. So now there's this huge opportunity for businesses to get potentially as much as they did with PPP with ERC.
1: Well, sounds like a great windfall for companies to get both PPP and ERC are there any kind of high level strategies that companies need to think about um, in, in trying to maximize the two?
2: Yeah, so that is where it gets really exciting. Brandy uh, and I have had many discussions on the topic. Uh, the idea is PPP, most people went and got it. And the importance of getting that is huge. And that's a, a tax free benefit. Uh, that should take precedence, right? It should. You want PPP forgiveness, but we all know that ERC is complicated, but PPP is just as complicated, and there are rules with PPP that say, hey, if you use sixty percent of your payroll and forty percent quote other costs for PPP forgiveness, uh, there's opportunity to go use additional wages for ERC. That's very complicated to say. Let me let me just kind of break that down a little more. Say you received a 100, $100,000 PPP loan, but you paid out 125 in wages during that same period. There's opportunity to go get ERC for any unused payroll we know that if there's a $100,000 PPP loan and $125,000 worth of wages, we know easily that there's $25,000 remaining for retention credit to give you money per employee. Where, where we like to come in and say, well, there might be even more opportunity with the other $100,000 by you know, filling out that PPP forgiveness application just so so that you use as little payroll costs as possible while maximizing the 40% non-payroll costs to to kind of maximize wages such that there's more left over for the retention credit while also getting full forgiveness for PPP.
1: Great, sounds like the best of both worlds.
2: It is, and we're seeing it happen. Yeah.
1: Uh, so moving over to Randy, you know, Anne Marie's kind of covered the employee retention credit, um, but she also mentioned it, it is a payroll tax credit. Uh, so Randy, with with PayWorks, yeah, what do the audience members here need to know about claiming the ERC?
0: Well, as uh, as Anne Marie uh, alluded to, you know, there's there's a maze of things that you have to go to to find out. If you're actually eligible for the ERC, but once you've determined that, it, it's a rare, a fairly simple uh, calculation. Just you know, really, what we need to know is your wages or your eligible employees, as well as uh, any uh, healthcare costs the company has paid uh, on their behalf. So it's really just a matter of coming up with those two numbers and making a calculation, including that information on your. Uh, quarterly
1: 941 uh, employer tax return. Great, Randy. Yeah, you you mentioned the 941 and kind of building on that, um, yes, companies are filing their 941. um, They can claim the current employee retention credit. But what about um, kind of prior credits in the 941X? yeah, can companies just wait and just take this credit maybe later on uh, at the end of the year and just file a bunch of amended nine forty one x's to claim the credit? or is there any difference between the two?
0: Well, you know from from an overall dollar standpoint there there's really not a difference. It, it becomes a timing issue at that point. the The preference would be to file it on your current nine forty one. Because if you do that, we can file that. Uh, in the case of paywork, we're filing that electronically, which means that probably within uh, four to five weeks after you submit your 941, uh, you should receive uh, uh, the refund uh, for your credit. Whereas with the 941X, the most recent information we have is that the IRS currently has a, a backlog of about 10 to 12 weeks of even... Uh, processing paper returns, which the 941 amended return, the 941X, is a paper return. It cannot be filed electronically. So I think the preference should be to make every effort you can to file it electronically on your quarterly 941. The Overall, there, there's really not a difference. You'll get the same money back either way. It just becomes a timing issue.
1: Yeah, and I know we've... Uh... In many tax types, we're experiencing the delay that the IRS is currently having. But, you know, there's definitely a time value of money component. So it sounds much more beneficial to get it on that originally filed 941 versus the amended 941X. Um, yeah, Anne-Marie mentioned there's also a possibility now when they change the rules that we can claim the ERC and the PPP at the same time, we can go back into 2020, get an ERC for 2020, file a 941X. Yeah, does that mean that companies will also have to issue all their employees amended W-2s for those wages?
0: No, this uh, the, the the ERC is really a program uh, that works between the employer and the government. It really doesn't affect uh, the employee. Uh, whatsoever, other than the fact that uh, they should be more secure in their job because the company has wages to pay them and an incentive to keep them employed. But um, as far as the employee is concerned, I mean, his tax situation is really not impacted uh, by the ERC program. It is strictly between the federal government and the employer.
1: Great. And I, I know that'll mean a, a lot to companies because um, amending W-2s is definitely not a enticing experience. So it's, it's good to hear that, um, that, that that aspect won't be impacted. Uh, you know, we've been talking about the employee retention credit um, as a tax credit, but yeah, I just wanted to clarify to the audience that um, if we claim a credit on our payroll tax filing, um, does that mean that there are potential refunds available against the those those payroll tax filings, or are they just offsetting other taxes?
0: No, it's 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 money in the bank. Uh, Anne Marie referred to earlier the client that she had that received a uh, hundred and twenty thousand dollar. A refund check, and uh, I actually worked with Anne Marie uh, on that client. And I can tell you that they received a check, money in the bank, for one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. This isn't, you know, a promise to get money later. This is this is cash in the bank today.
1: I know that that cash in the bank is important to companies. You know t- Tax credits are great, but money in the bank is is even better. Yeah, some uh, some uh, companies have. I guess, heard that there's a Form 7200, which is basically the form for receiving an advance for future payroll taxes. Um, can, can you tell us a little bit about that and what what kind of issues you kind of foresee with, with potentially trying to get a, an advance on the payroll taxes?
0: Well, there's a couple of issues that I see, one being that you know, you're, you're making an estimate and anytime you make an estimate of what your payroll is going to be, I mean, it's subject to uh, market changes. You know, who, who knows what can happen? And so you're, you're making an estimate of what you think your payroll is going to be. So, you know, there's always the chance that it could be wrong. Uh, the other issue could possibly be that, uh, you know, as I mentioned before, you're going to file that 7200. Uh, it's a paper return. You're going to file it and you're gonna send it to the IRS and you're gonna wait for the money to come in. It's entirely possible that if you wait and just file it with your 941 through the normal process that you could actually get your money sooner than trying to get the advance with the 7200. In my opinion, in most cases, it's it's something that I would think long and hard about before I actually pursued uh, the, the refund advance that way.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, sounds like there's some some additional complexity and may not actually come to fruition um, as as well as as it's being touted. Yeah, I guess moving forward into I guess how CRI and how pay works kind of fits into the whole employer retention credit um, ecosystem. Uh, Anne Marie, can you kind of cover kind of where does CRI fit into that equation? How can how can CRI help alleviate some of that, that burden that companies may be, um, incurring now trying to assess for the ERC.
2: Yeah. So Chris, you know, we want everyone who qualifies to get a credit, but the point is you need to make sure before you just go asking for potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars that you first, know these rules, know the play bep- between PPP and ERC, know that you meet either the shutdown dates or the you know, decline in gross receipts. So CRI you know, prepares financials for, for people or assists in bookkeeping. And uh, the recent example that's just the perfect uh, one would be where we are preparing some quarterly financials for a client and I was able to quickly pop in you know, at the end of March and say, you know what? You're down. (laughs) I'm sorry you're down, but you know what? There's opportunity here. Let me make sure Randy with PayWorks doesn't file your quarterly report the first week of April, right? And so what's nice is I was able to shoot Randy an email, get on a call and say, hold that payroll return. Uh, I think I owe you some figures, and so Randy and I worked together to, you know, I was able to test those gross receipts, make sure he qualified, get approval from the client, and 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 run a calculation with him because we do their, we do their financials, we do their payroll, and we did their PPP, right? So we knew all the picture. Uh, CRI is willing to work with anyone, you know. If you handled your PPP alone and need help, if you handle your payroll alone or have a third-party payroll, we can bring all that together between financials, PPP, and ERC to make sure they're all talking together to benefit, you know, potentially to get some credits.
1: Great. Thanks. And, Randy, kind of same question as Anne-Marie. For companies kind of struggling with the employee retention credit, how does PayWorks fit into that model?
0: Well, uh, I mean, we're designed, uh, you know, basically to, you know, as a payroll service provider to be a resource to them. I mean, we're not in the business of giving uh, tax advice, but uh, but we can point them in a direction. Um, uh, you know, a lot of our clients obviously are CRI clients, and so we can uh, – uh, put them in touch with their the accounting professionals, or, but you know at the same time, we, we can answer some of the basic questions, and a lot of times, you know, have an answer to what, if, you know, they determine on the eligibility side, um, you know, whether they're eligible or not, we could actually already know, okay, if you are eligible, here's what the windfall would be. So, you know, they can make an informed decision as to whether it's something they want. Pursue or not, what I find in most cases is, and with ERC, it's something that if you're eligible, you absolutely want to pursue
1: it. Okay, and I guess when the rubber hits the road, um, yeah, it sounds like Randy, you with PayWorks, is kind of going through those those steps to get the filing, filing for the credit, I should say. Uh, c- can you cover kind of what PayWorks? Um, files, what what they undergo to to kind of get that money in companies' pockets?
0: Well, uh, we're going to take payroll data, and we're going to uh, accumulate that information. And uh, really, on the 941, uh, the IRS redesigned the form to where uh, there are specific sections uh, that we input that information, and uh, uh, the end result is a a 70% uh, recovery of payroll costs for eligible employees as well as uh, the associated uh, health insurance costs for those same employees. So, um, it, like I said, what the, the big part of it is really determining the eligibility. Once you uh, determine you're eligible, the uh, the actual calculation uh, is it's, it's just a matter of accumulating the data and uh, putting it the right place on the form. Got it. Thanks.
1: And I guess uh, co- combining the two, two of you and Marie and Randy, um, it sounds like, yeah, ERC is something that companies may need both CRI and PayWorks, um, together on, um, from both the consulting and the compliance side. Yeah. If a company's kind of struggling with, um, how they can benefit from the employee retention credit, yeah, should they work, reach out to payworks should they reach out to their contact at cri what you know what do you guys both uh, see as you know a best recommendation of what companies need to be thinking about and reaching out to
2: i think on this one there's no wrong answer meaning you know, if you start with randy and uh, there's some financial statement need. He's going to reach out to CRI and say, "Ooh, we got to get past that gross receipts test or that shutdown test before we start putting numbers and squares on a, a payroll tax return. And same thing, if you start with me and we realize you meet all these tests, uh, but all your payroll data is with Randy, I think that's the seamless piece between CRI and PayWorks is we can talk pretty quickly and efficiently to, you know, check on the gross receipts test and move on. And here are your numbers for payroll to to extrapolate what you need to be able to run these calculations. So either or,
0: it'll work. And Amory, the only thing I would add to that is, you know, just, uh, I would encourage people just don't assume that you're not eligible. I mean, just, uh, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that they just assumed, well, I did PPP or I did this or I did that, I'm not eligible. And when we actually dug in and started looking at their numbers, you know, they were eligible. And it, it created, you know, tens of thousands of dollars of windfall uh, to these struggling businesses. So uh, just I would encourage people not to assume that you're not eligible. And whether you reach out to me or you reach out to Anne Marie, uh, just, I mean, reach out to someone because there there's money there to be had.
2: Yeah, to parlay on that, I, you know, I have a client that, Said, okay, I I, may, I realize I can take both. My PPP was the first quarter. We'll just pick up ERC with the second quarter. Well, there's still opportunity for ERC, you know, in that first quarter. So don't just assume. It, you know, there's it's more complicated than you think. <laughs> but we're here to help and and try to show you those strategies to to grab more retention credit where available.
1: Great. Yeah, I guess the the bottom line is we you know we we all don't want to leave money on the table. So uh, make sure we're uh, claiming everything that we're we're entitled to. Uh, you both have been referring to a, a client's success story um, on how CRI and Pay works, um, kind of work together seamlessly in getting that ERC. Yeah. Can you tell us the i guess the full story of how that worked um from your both both of your perspectives
2: yes i uh have a client that just i knew was hurting uh from covid and uh d- for different delays i mean they're going to be fine, but for various factors their gross receipts are down and uh I just immediately reached out to Grandy and said, before you file that, wait, wait for me to make sure I've tested this gross receipts. Uh, he was so helpful. And we kind of together reviewed that calculation in a matter of two emails. I mean, two, a, a quick conversation, you approve, I approve. And it, it because of the seamless nature of having all the data by employee in payroll, and having those financials quarterly, and having access to PPP, uh, you know, we were able to get this client 120,000, and likely get a whole another level of 120,000 again for the second quarter. You know, Chris, I feel like, the funeral director around here, telling people what they owe in tax. And on this on this example, I actually got a text that said, "Thanks." You know, within four weeks, we had a check cash in the bank, fully refundable payroll tax credit, because Randy and I work together to see an opportunity for, for this client to help them through this COVID kind of odd time.
1: Yeah. And Randy, from, from your perspective, um, can, can you kind of weigh in?
0: Yeah, no, those are the,
1: the, the fun phone
0: calls to get, uh, you know, Henry, uh, contacted me and said, uh, Hey, I have this client uh, who happens to be my client as well. And, uh, you know, I'm able to pull some data out of the uh, software and quickly uh, put it in a format that uh, uh, calculated the potential credit and uh, sent that off to Anne Marie. She reviewed it, agreed that, uh, you know, if the figures we had were correct and uh, usable. And the next thing we know, it's uh, applied on the uh, 941 and the postman shows up with $120,000. It's a beautiful
1: thing when it works. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate uh, Anne-Marie and Randy, appreciate your guys' time, um, appreciate the audience today, appreciate your time listening to this podcast. Hopefully you've gleaned a little bit about the employer retention credit, um, hopefully pique some interest with you on maybe next steps, things you need to be thinking about and pursuing. And uh, with that, I will uh, thank you and hope you tune in for our next podcast of It Figures.
0: If you want more CRI insights or are interested in learning about our firm, please visit our website at CRICPA.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of It Figures, the CRI podcast. You can subscribe to It Figures on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts. If you liked what you heard today, please leave us a review.